regular features, a regular, regular, regular features, a regular, regular, regular features, a regular features show. Hello and welcome to Regular Features. It's the Petitsu, which if you listened last week or any other week, you'll know stands for the podcast that's the same every week. Petitsu, it's what we are. This week, like every week in the Petitsu, we'll be recording this show live from the back of a soundproof beetle in an extremely large garden. Sat cross-legged on its chitinous hide are two of my best premium Best Buy busboy bum buddies. The first person I will introduce to you is, to my, is my second best friend, and I shall now retire to my star chamber while they discuss which one of them they think that is. Well, the thing is, Steve... Yeah, I just want to sidebar with you. Um, we don't know that he's going to say the other one is definitely his first best friend. So second, it might be worth taking the gamble on. Uh, yeah, I'll take second. Uh, I'd like to take second. Because I, I think Stuart, uh, Stuart is Log's best friend, or maybe even God. <laughs> Good Congratulations, be. Steve. You chose wisely because the Lord God Almighty is, in fact, my yes. best friend, making you my most treasured corporeal companion on the number 27 bus I call life. The second person I will introduce to tonight is some rungs down the ladder, but I would still serve them in my pub because oh. their money is as good as anyone else's. And they are Joe Scrabble. Say hello, you- Joe. Hello, you can't prove that my money's as good as anyone else's. <laughs> Frankly, after this introduction, I might just draw the queen on a note and give it to your staff. I love it. Them. I never bank any of my notes. I simply press them against my face because they're all queens to me and I want to kiss them <laughs> big. <laughs> I want to kiss that woman big. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm the shard of eggshell in the omelette today because I do not have a feature. So, um, what have you got, lad? Steve, what have you got? Put me to shame. Well, you mentioned kissing old lady luck on the uh, banknotes of British well, Bank. She's not that lucky. She's fucking dead, but, Steve. <laughs> pretty lucky with, with the way things are going around here currently in the UK. I think I'd sort places with her in a heartbeat. I'll drink to that. Kiss it. Kiss it. You know who loves kissing? Dean Martin, the king of cool, the Rat Pack man, who sang so many songs about kissing, I've lost count. But guess what? He's invited us around for a sleepover, and he's going to tell us a little thing or two about how to be cool. Wow. (laughs) Marvellous. I do need that. Joe, are you going to make me better or worse? I'm going to make myself worse by not only watching daytime TV, but watching it repeatedly on Netflix, which somehow feels like it's even more of a waste of my time. Oh my God. What's the subject of it? Dogs. So it's all better again. We're going to learn a lot about dogs and a man who fixes them for a fucking living. God, imagine buying a DVD of Tipping Point instead of just seeing it was on and becoming immediately locked onto it. I would, in a heartbeat own a box set of The Cube with Philip Schofield. So (laughs) I I don't want to hear a word against The Cube or any associated programs. That woman who lives inside The Cube, what is she doing now? Who's the one? Is there like a robot that lived in there or something? The little cyborg woman who appears and and does the games perfectly every time. She must be a millionaire. Just doing all those things again and again. Because she won the game so much. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I reckon she's probably doing all right. I think she retired early, 
I think if you ever win the cube, they should rip all of your body off, paint you white, and then you become the new woman in the cube. Um, Does she have a name? She must be in the credits. It must be in the credits. Woman in the cube, played by Sandra Genevieve. <laughs> I wonder if her and Stigoff Top Gear fuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> Trying to think about who else wears a helmet on television. <laughs> that's, a, that's it, isn't it? That's just the two of them. Some of the players on Nightmare. The the uh, the woman from the cold, the Zavirax ad. What? The, the hot biker lady in the black helmet from the Zavirax ad. I do remember that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you reckon she's fucking... <laughs> <laughs> The regular features. Spooky noise in your ears. Features. A regular features. Ghosts and wolves with teeth coming into your bed. Who wants to, who wants to do a feature? I'll go. Do it. Just stop talking about it. Do it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> stop You're trying to kiss me and kiss me. I'm nervous. <laughs> Your lips are so big. <laughs> right. You two. I've been watching a lot of dogs behaving open brackets, very close brackets, badly. I love dogs behaving open brackets, very close, close brackets, brackets, badly. badly. I'm so glad. Log, have you seen dogs behaving open brackets, very close brackets, badly? I have not seen, or I'm not even aware of dogs behaving open brackets, very <laughs> close brackets, badly. Okay. What is it? It's a show about dogs behaving open brackets, very close brackets, badly. And it's presented by a haughty man called Graham, uh, who dresses strangely. He's haughty, he wears... the dogs are naughty. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, he wears, like, on top, like tweed jackets and cravat. And elbow patches. And elbow patches. He's like an elbow patch given a wish by a genie to train <laughs> bad dogs. <laughs> but his bottom half, he always wears really, really skinny jeans. So he looks sort of like a gentleman heron. <laughs> he sort of, <laughs> he sort of <laughs> parades around on these stork legs and a big like, puffy cravat body up top. It's does amazing. he go diddly little while he walks along? <laughs> it looks like it would make that noise of sneaking in cartoons. Because <laughs> he wears big, big boots as well that look like they'd go on their tippy toes and he'd still have balance. Um, but all he does, goes to people's houses and fixes their dogs from having problems. Um, and it's shit, but I love it. <laughs> it's like absolute daytime crap. I don't know if, if I'm going to step on your feature toes, but, but the name Dogs Behaving Open Brackets, Very Close Brackets, Badly, mm. infers the existence of a Dogs Behaving Badly TV show, which as far as I know doesn't exist. No, it's yeah, it's like he's trying to one-up the competition before they can even get there. He's yeah. like, these ones are really bad, actually, so don't even go looking. Perhaps the, perhaps the men behaving badly people have got the ex behaving badly trademarked, and you just Maybe you don't even go anywhere true. near that. Yeah, near the lawyers of Morrissey. He's, <laughs> is it Morrissey? Is that who's, no, it's not David Morrissey. Who's on it? Neil Morrissey, Neil Morrissey was on it, I think. Oh, Neil Morrissey. Harry yeah. Enfield was in season one, I believe. Was he? Oh, lending it some credos. And Morrissey <laughs> did show up to a... 
weirdly kick the shit out of a dog. <laughs> <laughs> like so much about this program is is bad. Like there are frequently shots that are completely out of focus and they've just left in it. Um, there's whole sections in multiple episodes where the mic guy clearly hasn't turned on Graham's mic. It's like, and they just they're like, look. We've only got one shot with these fucking mutts, so we might as well just keep in these bits where you're speaking with massive echo from what sounds like the other side of the house. I think you're judging the the dog behavioural show on the wrong parameters. I just think I just think TV shows. There's a very aggressive, out of control dog in the living room, (laughs) surrounded by like a production team of cameramen and boom operators. You've got to forgive them. Do you think they've got a a boom operator who's scared of dogs? Yes. <laughs> what we're going to do with your out of control Rottweiler is bring a big hovering furry object into the room <laughs> yeah, and that's... poke it in your face while a tweed man hovers in the corner. The that is going to look like a treat, isn't it? That fucking boom. Yeah. <laughs> the it. tweed man's dinner, dinner bowl situation as well. <laughs> um, all of this is to say, I'm making fun of it, but I really love it. I've watched about 12 episodes in the last two or three days. I can't stop. And that's because it, A, includes dogs who are just great guys and do also, even (laughs) when they're being purely evil, I'm like, go on, get him, get Graham. (laughs) Uh, And B, it has this incredibly comforting structure where every single episode, despite having completely different dogs and problems, they're presented and solved in exactly the same way which makes me feel like Graham's sidekick. Like I'm working things out because he always does it in the same way. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's a classic case of uh, separation anxiety there, Graham. Uh, you, you're going to want to put the dog in the other room and, yeah. and uh, give him a treat when he hears a doorbell. Yeah. There's... I thought he treated if he solves it all in the same way, you're really going to need to boot him up the fucking carriage for that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, half of these are basically that. Um, but I've, I've identified three key structural aspects that I think make it superb. Number one, the plays on dog names, right? So the narrator is Joanna Scanlon off the thick of it. And her only job is to sound perky, even when the dogs are going like fucking ape shit and biting their dads and stuff. Like, <laughs> they're kicking off and the dads are like, you know, we're, we're, really, we're really worried about Jemima because um, we just had a baby and she keeps biting me and what if she bites the baby we'd, we'd have to we'd have to we'd have to get rid of her uh, and then Joanna Scanlon comes on with like some elaborately constructed sentence that references their name for example little Luna used to get all her family all moon-eyed but now when a bad moon rises she turns into a lunatic oh yeah or, or Rocco here might look like a little hard man, but his owners, Blaminda and Blyon, are stuck between a rock and a hard place mm. because trying to get him to sniff his brother's ass is like getting blood out of a rock. <laughs> <laughs> or, my dog won't sniff his brother's ass. That's, look, that could be on it. Graham shows up in his Range Rover. <laughs> it always has the license plate blur. It's He's got a custom license plate. And yeah. It's something like, 
DGS, and then it's got like some other letters that actually identify his car because it's really his that get blurred out. <laughs> well, uh, no, the the second half which they don't blur is just the word dog. So, okay. so they blurred out one or two other bits, and then it's like dog. <laughs> okay, we get it, Graham. I've got a custom license plate that says dog on it. It's like we can just blur it out. It's like no, 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 just get, make sure the bit that says dog is visible. Please make sure everyone knows I like dogs. <laughs> um, I drive a big Range Rover. Complete tangent, I looked up Graham Hall today, and before he was a dog trainer, he spent 20 years working for Weetabix, which I don't know why, it just seems really appropriate for the man. Um, and the the final example I have that I've taken directly from the show about the dog's names and the narration is, Colonel Gaddafi might seem like a strange name for a Weimarana, but this boy is Libyan on a prayer after he recently stabbed his owner in the anus with a bayonet, which is an amazing coincidence because that was a genuine injury Colonel Gaddafi received before he was captured and killed in 2012. Structural element two, telling the owners <laughs> their shit. This is it, right? Every section of the show, there is three uh, problematic dogs or groups of dogs per per show, and they all open with a montage of the clips of um, dogs doing something mad, like stealing ham by jumping or putting ham where it shouldn't be by crouching or just biting everyone. any <laughs> moving ham around in unwelcome ways. <laughs> so many episodes, man. Um and then after that montage, we then see the owners present their explanations as to why it might be happening and why it's so horrible. And then we get the section where Graham turns up, meets the dog for nine seconds, and immediately explains that the owners are completely wrong and everything the dog is doing is completely their fault. <laughs> to which it's the, the, own- it's the classic thing of, um, you don't have to train the dog, you have to train the owners. Yeah, mm. and it's always like, you know what? The best thing about this job um, is that uh, it's calling humans arseholes. I feel like I feel like I fix relationships as much as I fix a dog. Brom oh. <laughs> off in his fucking range, um, <laughs> running over the dog on the way out, <laughs> Sk- skidding loads of grit all over the family as they stand on there. <laughs> and the dog's so aggravated he bites the baby. <laughs> Whole new set of problems. <laughs> Also, I love that every time he tells everything to their face is their fault. You always get the owners like laughing and going like, well, I wasn't expecting that. But there's like this gleam of fury in their eyes, like they'd never invited him to help at any point. They're just like, oh, this is shit. We're being shown up on TV. So I have some examples from the show of um, of Graham telling them their shit. So it's things like... Uh, well, you've told me that Luna started acting aggressively after the, after she had a near miss with a car, and that wasn't your car, was it? But but what did you do? You kept your car. She's afraid of cars. You thought you'd keep your car at your house. Are you thick? Sell your car, then call me. Idiots. <laughs> or, so Rocco here won't smell his brother's ass like you want, and you think that's a sign <laughs> of dog anxiety. But tell me, have you ever presented your bare ass, pulled the cheeks apart, allowed him to sniff yours? No. It's a two-tier system. Rocco knows that. Now, get on the floor and let him whiff, or I'm going. Oh. I'm so glad I was about, I was going to interrupt you earlier and say something like that. <laughs> Just saying, have you tried sniffing the dog's ass and going, um, nom, nom, delicious. Oh, good boy. Uh, well, finally, wait. You're telling me the real Colonel Gaddafi was stabbed directly up the anus by a bayonet just before he died. That's amazing. How do more people not talk about that? 
Oh my god, I've just looked it up on Wikipedia to verify, and there's apparently footage of it out there. How's that not a meme? We're all <laughs> not, not just a meme. <laughs> <laughs> We're not all just replying to Elon Musk tweets with videos of Gaddafi getting stabbed up the bumhole with impact font over Gaddafi that says SpaceX and impact <laughs> font over the bayonet that says incoming federal space thruster regulations. That's bonkers. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, I don't really care why I did it to you. You probably got him on the wrong food or some shit. <laughs> Structural <laughs> element three, the speed of success. All of the owners on dogs behaving open brackets, very close brackets badly, have been living with these issues for years and like losing their minds about it and then going straight on camera and talking about having their dogs put to sleep. <laughs> and like half of them are like, we'll have to kill him. <laughs> and then Graham comes in. We've had him 14 years. Yeah. I'm fucking ready to shoot him. He's dead. Um, <laughs> Graham comes in and, according to the editing logic of the show, fixes the issue in like what, a minute and a half every <laughs> single time. And it's always just a case of him going either no or good girl. And in some special cases, back off. Which he's used a few times. Back off, Rocco. (laughs) And the owners are always taken to do an interview after he's done it in front of their faces and made them look like idiots again, twice in one day. And you get them going like, I'm quite emotional right now. We always want a lovely little dog. I never thought Luna could be that for us. But now all I have to do is scream, back off, into her (laughs) tiny face when she tries to eat one of my kids. Thanks, Graham. Or... Oh, I haven't thought about voice for this. I'll just do the same voice. <laughs> it was initially quite frightening when Graham walked into the room, screamed, good girl, and forced Rocco's face directly into our other dog's bottom. But now they're the best of friends, and I think it might fix my marriage to Blaminda as well. <laughs> or Graham, <laughs> not that voice again. Graham was mostly interested in hearing more about how the real Colonel Gaddafi got stabbed into his ass with a bayonet <laughs> than he was in why my Colonel Gaddafi would have stabbed into my ass with a bayonet. But on the plus side, he did offer to buy my bayonet. So now it's impossible to be stabbed up the ass with a bayonet. Unless Colonel Gaddafi, my one, goes to a local military resale shop and buys his own bayonet, which is unrealistic. <laughs> and now, armed with the knowledge of how a show of dogs behaving open brackets, very close brackets, badly is put together, I have put together a script where me, you and you... Steve Log will <laughs> act out an episode. Oh. Um, you both have it now. Oh. I will be playing the narrator and the owner, Jessica. Log will play Graham, and Steve will play their dog. Because <gasps> <laughs> he's got the chops. <laughs> I love how you've given yourself two roles. And Steve well, the narrator the doesn't say much. <laughs> <laughs> Are you both ready? Yes. Or should I say, rash? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There's an accent in here that I've only practiced today, and I'm not sure I can pull off, so we'll see. Graham's headed to North Southport to meet Jessica Plemons, a retired missile designer and DJ who just wanted a quiet life, but instead got Steve, a dog with a very big mouth. Lovely to meet you, Jessica. Now, I've heard your dog's thick, and you need my help. When did you get Steve? And when did all this start? I've already forgotten how to do this accent. Wait a second. Kawasaki motorcycle. <laughs> oh, hello, Graham. 
I got Steve about four years ago, and for the first three, he was the picture-perfect puppy. But then last year, he just started saying this phrase, I'm made of sterner stuff than that, you know. Oh, do go on. One day I came downstairs, had me breakfast, started putting it on his little jacket for a walk, and he just looked up and he said, I'm made of sterner stuff than that, you know. <laughs> He's never stopped since. Well, I suppose I'd better take a look at this moron. Can you bring him in? Jessica leaves. We hear the clanking of a cage and some muffled speaking that's not quite audible. I might have stolen stuff on that, you know. She, br- <laughs> <laughs> she brings a grey schnauzer into the room. And here's the man of the hour. Hello, Steve. I might have stolen stuff on that, you know. Well, that's perfect. <laughs> Wait. Oh, Kawasaki motorcycle. You see, he just, <laughs> <laughs> he just said that all the time. I made a stone of stuff like that, you know. Well, I've only seen this once or twice before. It's you again. <laughs> oh, I missed it because it's just the same line. Yeah. <laughs> I made a stone of stuff like that, you know. <laughs> now, now, Steve, interrupting is rude. I was saying I've only seen this once or twice before, but your dog appears to be particularly fucking weird. Oh, that's very interesting. <laughs> I'm made of sterner stuff than that, you know. Have you noticed a trigger for this? Well, it used to be just when I was implying that you weren't made of stern stuff, but now it's all the same. <laughs> I may have done a stuff that Steve's not so much barking mad as he is talking shit. And now Graham's got to do the talking so that Steve can start walking. He's got to talk business, and business makes the world go round. And Graham's gone round to Jessica's house, where he still is. Well, the good news is I think I know what's happening here. Oh, that's lovely. What is it? Well, it's always hard to hear this, but I think you're the idiot. How the fuck would I have done this? I made a stone of stuff they make me mouth. Well, I've noticed the box of dog food you've got in the corner. What's that got to do with it? Well, it's called Uncle Kawasaki's Experimental Speech Bones. Well, that's his favourite. Steve loves Uncle Kawasaki's Experimental Speech Bones. I made a stone of stuff they make I'm sure he does, but they're made of parrots. Oh, my fucking God. I've been feeding Steve chunks of parrot. And parrot meat, as we all know, makes you speak too much. Oh, don't I know it. My auntie went on holiday to Falaraki, ate a parrot steak and wouldn't stop talking about balloons. I might have stand up off a map, my Oh, I'm sure you are, Steve, but you're going to have to prove it. Come here! We see a montage of Graham jamming his hands down Steve's throat in an effort to make him sick. The montage finishes with Graham feeding a long bit of bamboo into the dog until it barfs all over the laminate. Better out than in. Let's see if that's worked. Go on, Steve. Say something for us. Go on, Steve. Who's that boy made of stern stuff? Come on, Steve. (coughs) (laughs) And that is how you fucking pitch a spec script to Channel 5 and subsequently get those Netflix residuals that they're so famous for paying. (laughs) I love how you put your getting your inter-character voice in the middle of the script just to top you up halfway through a line as well. That's exactly what I did. There was an entirely different word there and I went, 
I need Kawasaki because that's my <laughs> N-word. <laughs> Kawasaki motorcycle. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, he does cure dogs like weirdly quickly. And I think my theory is, and this cuts through any ideas we might have about feminism and classism. Mm, go on, Steve. A universal theory. But all dogs respect him because... He is a tall man who looks like he owns land. Yes. And dogs are honest creatures, and they know who's in charge. <laughs> they love land. And they I can get... run about in it. They know they can go off-leash on land. And I guess the fact that his feet taper down because of the tight trousers, when you look up from a dog's perspective, that would make him look positively massive. Yeah, he do. It would expand like... upwards and outwards forever. Yeah. <laughs> He'd look like the very opposite of the shard to a dog. <laughs> Um, yeah, the other thing I enjoy about that show is the occasional one where you're like, okay, we have to play it somewhat truthfully, but uh, we're not going to tell people that Graham has clearly utterly failed to cure this dog because they always do like a two months later thing. And in one of the recent episodes I watched, it was like, this dog is going happily on walks and not barking at anyone. And this dog is absolutely fine without looking in mirrors all the time anymore. This dog is a work in progress. And you're like, oh, that dog's fucking killed and been killed. And it's still got its fucking paw fully into its own mouth. <laughs> this dog has had all the mirrors removed from the house, like at a Jewish funeral. <laughs> or a vampire's house. Or a vampire's funeral. Uh, it's a really good show. I love dogs behaving open brackets, very close brackets badly. It's great. And I do like Graham, even though I've made him sound rude. So good oh, on you, Graham. Yeah. You do podcasts. Come on, us. <laughs> Let's go. Hi, I'm the monolith from 2001, A Space Odyssey. And I've got a bone to pick with you. Why aren't you listening to the regular features podcast? This isn't a feature. Don't get excited. But you know, a couple of episodes ago, Stuart was getting himself into and inveigling himself so he is roughly 20% of Radio 6 Music's output now. Yes. <laughs> By mastering their what are the buttons of each individual broadcaster. He's done it again. He's moved he's moved his attention from Laverne's show. He's moved on to Radcliffe and McConey. I've oh ha, so do you want to listen? Yeah, 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 yeah. Lovely to meet Emma. Uh, I know first last everything choices. Ben the round is gorgeous. Can't wait to see the rest of Pearl. He's great to have her back. So Stuart's in Nottingham eating a, eating a vegan bacon cob in the kitchen. Cob. Not in bed. I, I think a cob, a cob being a hard crusty. crusty. I wouldn't want that. Crusty cob. You know you've smashed it when they reference an element of the text, not just the mm. text itself. They've got so hung up on cobbin that... And also, well, it's come all the way back round to being a regular feature reference. So they are. Yeah, well, Radcliffe and McConey are the living embodiment of the Twitter thread about what you call this fucking role, aren't you? Yeah, well, they literally have a feature where they taste they taste crisps live on air and guess what the flavours of the crisps are. I can't. So Cobb Chat is like catnip to them. That yeah. Is like, that is laser targeted. The one thing I would say is that although he did bring up a vegan bacon roll which i thought was a little bit of engagement bait for them there he didn't say he was munching on one which i thought would be more radio six just <laughs> mm. bopping around the kitchen munching on my vegan bacon roll 
and yeah. enjoying very much the new Emma Anderson single. <laughs> you, the round. You Can't really wait to hear the hit. album Pearlies. <laughs> You've really hit on the bopping. Like bopping is is a hundred percent. That is the word you must use. So it's what do you, what's the seasonings for you bopping around the kitchen? Is it munching on something? <laughs> <laughs> is it cleaning before the kids get home? Bopping so hard, I nearly bit my fingers while I was munching on a vegan carb. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, have you spoken to Stuart about this behaviour? Yes. Stuart and said he would, did do it with full knowledge that Cobb would yeah. get them by their stupid brains. So mm. look, he is playing the game. Oh, That's, he is. He's yeah. very, very good at it. Like I said, he knows what language to use. He knows... He knew Cobb would get them. He also knew that Vegan was pushing his luck. <laughs> vegan bacon. But um, yeah, he threw everything at that one and it stuck. So I've got a lot of time for it. I can't do it. I I, I either don't do enough because I'm shy or I go too much because I'm showing off. <laughs> <laughs> what about misses? I want to know how many, what the hit rate is here. Do you want me to go and ask? Yeah. Stuart, have you sent any text messages to Radio 6 that didn't get read out? No. <laughs> he has sent a few requests to the people playlists, people's playlists, and they mm-hmm. never get included. However, his text messages regarding Emma Anderson's new single, Bend the Round, out on the new album Pearlies, have a hundred percent hit rate. Amazing. Wow. He has gotta make them incrementally more and more insane. Like it's it's gotta get weirder. Holding a dog up by the front paws. And telling it that this is a great song. Chopping off the ear of a reservoir dog while Emma Anderson plays on the on the radio and I dance around. He did bop around as well while he was doing that. He did bop around, yeah. Mm. Bopping and a chopping. That's, <laughs> That's the subtitle. Reservoir dogs bopping and a chopping. So yes, no feature about that. But I continue to be in awe of Stuart's um, laser precise writing skills. <laughs> It is amazing. I'm really excited about hearing more. I'm Gandalf, and I put a spell on you because you're mine. The minds of Moria, that is. <laughs> regular feature. And now it's time for Steve's regular feature. Steve is as cool as Dean Martin out of a rat pack, actually. Whoa. Um, As you all know, I'm a big fan of Dean Martin, the mm. king of cool. Especially when I listened to his song how do you like eggs in the morning i love that in which <laughs> helen o'connell repeatedly euphemistically asks him how he likes his eggs in the morning which is a uh very demure and polite way of saying do you want to fuck yeah <laughs> you have to say tits or face <laughs> can, can i then, just interject for one second to say that i've had a note in my phone for upwards of three years that just says how do you feed your eggs in the morning <laughs> <laughs> i've never found a way to finish that sentence in the song how do you like your eggs in the morning uh helen o'connell plays it cool and she's not the king of cool he is but he keeps saying uh, f- I don't give a fuck about eggs. <laughs> <Just wanna fuck. laughs> and that's why he's in the Rat Pack and she's not. Because he's the coolest guy ever. <laughs> so I thought we'd go around to Dean Martin's bedroom because he's invited us for a sleepover. Cool. Oh, he's got a vast bed. We can all just get to different corners of it and talk. I bet half of it's memory foam and half of it's water. Just for both types. <laughs> Forgetful water and memory foam. 
Hi, oh, hi guys. Oh, my name's Dean Martin. I'm the king of cool. Uh, sometimes my friends call me Mean Darton when I'm in a bad mood and also in a hurry. But you can just call me Dean Martin or King of Cool for short. Heck, can I get you fix you up with a warm juice? Dean, who is that? Is somebody there? Dean! I oh, don't worry, honey. It's just a friend. Great, now you've woken up my dumb wife, Helen O'Connell. Thanks a lot. Now I'm in trouble. Now I'm not going to get any kisses. <laughs> anyway, why don't we listen to some of my most famous records? Here's one about eggs. How do you like your eggs in the morning? Nah, I like mine with a kiss. Boil the fry. Ah. Uh, ah, uh, just a cat. How do you like your toast in the morning? Nah, I don't wear a cup out of toast. Ah, uh, just give me the cat. Dark or light? You ain't even listening to me. I just want a kiss. I just want to kiss you all night and in the morning, too. I don't care about eggs or the other stuff you said. Dean, I can hear talking down there. You better not be playing with the curtains again. I'm not playing with the curtains, honey. It's just my friend. It's one of the rats from the Rat Pack. <laughs> She mad because I was playing with the cartons, pretending to be Ed Sullivan on Toast of the Town. And I tripped on a Hot Wheel and jerked it off the hopes. You better believe I didn't get any kisses that day. Anyway, uh, why don't we listen to another one of my records? When the moon hits your eye like a big piece of pie and you kiss me. <laughs> And you say that the moon that it looks kind of okay at you kiss me. That's when I say everything's gonna be a-okay. Cause you kiss me and kiss me and kiss me and kiss all day. <laughs> That's right. Kiss me. Uh, kiss me and banana like you're a scanana kiss me. Dear, what's all that racket? Are you okay? Have you fallen over? I'm coming up there. No, honey, it's fine. I'm just playing with my, with my friend. Who's that Jerry Lewis? He's such a nice boy. Oh, I'd give him as many kisses as he wants. God, no, you don't know him. He's from across the street. <sighs> Great, now I'm not going to get any kisses. My chances of getting a kiss are down a pan for at least a couple of weeks. Well, we might as well to lis listen to the last one of the records that I have to show you. Here we go. Everybody loves Raymond Romano. <laughs> Even his annoying wife, Deborah. Deborah gives the kisses to Raymond. So why can't I have kisses and a wife? 
Raymond's parents live across the street. And though you'll never see it on the show, Marie and Frank kiss one another often. You don't see everything in 22-minute episodes. <laughs> Marie's kisses are big, wet, and horny. And Fritz's kisses are small and like a bird. But when they kiss, Raymond is always watching. And Deborah's standing by the window. Everybody loves Raymond Romano. <laughs> Dean, where's the juice? Has your friend been drinking all the juice? The doctor says I need my juice. Oh, great. Now I'm grounded without any kisses for the entire summer. Oh, you better leave. Unless, unless you'd like to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Well, would you like to <laughs> Wait, am I in the scene? <laughs> I've just been a silent, this is, this silent is, friend. Yeah, it's all about you. It's all for you, uh, Joe. Come here, Joe. Give me a big, sloppy, wet one right on the mouth. Mm, licking my <laughs> lips. Did you just want... Mwah. You were going to call it the kisser then, but you thought the word kiss had been worn out. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> The best things in life are free. But my favorite comes out of a bee. I want honey. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast. If you like the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and help us out by donating an amount if you're choosing. And when you donate £2 per episode, we will destroy your human name and replace it with a bionic bee name. Oh, yeah. Grafted directly onto your passport. Boys, could you please give bee names to the following new patrons? A bee name, please, for Josh Brown. Scully, I want a bee leaf. I want a bee leaf. Ah. I want a bee leaf. Because <laughs> Mulder, I think, would appreciate a single leaf in his sparse apartment that a mm. bee could flutter upon and I immediately think... go, there's no fucking honey. I'm out. <laughs> a bee name, please, for Tattoo Hockenen. Say that name again. Tattoo Hockenen. Tattoo Hockenen. Takes tattoo to Hocken. <laughs> no, no, no. No, that's, no, I think it's a start. It's a start, but no. Takes tattoo to hexagon. <laughs> Takes. T- I think we overuse hexagon. <laughs> yeah. Comb. Comb. <laughs> Comb your bunghole. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's a bit aggressive. Also, if I was called Tattoo Hockenden and I got the name Comb Your Bumhole, I'd be like, I am immediately no. unsubscribing from this. It was Bunghole. Bunghole, not Bumhole. I'm a little bit more sophisticated than that. <laughs> yeah, using the phraseology of Beavis and Butthead in 2023. <laughs> yeah. Drone Strike. <laughs> I like it. At an Afghan wedding. No. <laughs> no. Okay. 
<laughs> Drone strike. Bring in the B Pinkertons. <laughs> <laughs> the B Pinkertons. <laughs> Two different eras of war. <laughs> I like drone strike. Drone Just strike. Okay. Up. Drone drone strike. It's political. And there's always politics happening, so it feels current. But I have to request that it is followed by the 100 emoji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, drone strike 100 emoji. <laughs> Lastly, a B-name, please, for Rick Mitchell. Naughty by Nectar. Ooh. <laughs> In brackets. Because he keeps bumming the honey. <laughs> nice. Naughty by Nectar. Yeah. Because he keeps bumming the honey. That's up to you. Yeah, there's actually nothing naughty about bumming, Joe. I wasn't mm, saying that. I think I it's naughty cast in the, like... some sort of weird moral. Oh, yeah, that, that was the queen's bumming. the queen's private pot. Yeah, the queen comes in. He's just bumming away on a pot of honey. Just, just going. She's uh, like uh, 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 so uh. lost in it that he doesn't even notice her walk in, and she's massive. What's your name? You're naughty. You're not on the list. You're naughty by <laughs> nectar. You're only down to bum my honey next week. There's a calendar for a reason, darling. <laughs> naughty by nectar. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and then everything we just said. <laughs> when you become a patron of the podcast, you also get access to our private Discord channel. It's private because it's open. For a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Because we're all role-playing as bees in there now. And if it ever got out to the BBC News, (laughs) the things that we do... (laughs) We're all professional men with big jobs. Yeah. Imagine if in your next job interview they pulled up. So what was this stuff about saying that you found some pollen 200 yards away (laughs) and are dancing to communicate that to your friends? What was all that that about then? (laughs) I haven't checked the RPB channel since it was set up. How's it going in there? Steve, I assume you're a big part of that. It's less organized than I would think a beehive should be. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new hive. Everyone's got to learn each other's waggle dance. Before it's true. All... Things are a bit chaotic, uh, but that is true of the beginning of every hive. I just turned it on, scrolled upwards, and saw bee pie write in all caps just the words, sting them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if that's not where we're at, with RPB, then I don't want to be an RPB, so I'm delighted. <laughs> well, if you'd like to join the Discord... I'm just, I'm just reading them. But I'm yeah. sorry, if, that's, if I've been absent for the last minute, it's because I'm reading them. <laughs> it's very charming. <laughs> we'll be back next week with another episode of the podcast. Promise. Good mipe. Good mipe. Good mipe. Bapple slaps. Regular features. Regular features. Regular, regular.